The Rebbe says that we discussed many times that Rashi in his Pirush al discusses every single, and explains every single thing that might be lacking explanation according to Pshudish Mikra. And when we find something is difficult in the Pshat of the Psukim, and Rashi doesn't say anything about it, we must say that according to Pshudish Mikra, it is no question at all, or that Al-Derech HaPshat, this is something that's understood by itself, or that it's answered by something that Rashi had said previously. In the Parshish of Ayakel Pekude, there are a number of things that are not understood and furthermore, some questions are specifically as a result of something that Rashi says. So in this Sikha, the Rebbe says, we're going to be discussing at least one issue, one question in each of these Parshish. So in Parshish Vayakel, on the Pasuk V'chol HaNoshim Asher Nosa Libon Eisona B'chokma Tavu Esoizim that all of the women whose hearts inspired them with wisdom, spun the goats. What does it mean they spun the goats? So Rashi explains, and that they spun the hair, the wool of the goats, from the backs while it was still on the goats. Says the Rebbe, we need to understand, what is the benefit, what is the mila in the fact that they're spinning the wool as it's still on the backs of these goats? Seemingly, says the Rebbe, on the contrary, when the hair, or when the wool is cut off from the goats, so it's much easier to spin it into threads, you can make it much better than when it's on the goats. So what is being, what's the benefit, what is being gained by the fact that it was being spun while it's still on the goats? Another thing, says the Rebbe, since Torah is telling us to what extent the Chavivus, how precious the Meleches HaMishkan working for the Mishkan was by, by these women. Similar to another pasuk we had earlier already, that the men came with or in addition to the women. That means the women came first, obviously because they cherish and love the Melech of the Mishkan so much. So in this case, they showed some extraordinary wisdom and ability, some amazing talent in being able to spin the wool from the backs of the goats. So the question then becomes, why didn't they do a similar thing with the wool of the lower tapestries, of the lower ureos, of the tcheles, the argomon, the blue wool, the purple wool, etc., which says earlier on. And also the Torah emphasizes there as well that it was done with chachma, with special wisdom, with special skill. And yet, this idea... When we, the Pasuk discusses by the Tcheles, where it says, V'chol isha chochma slave, that every wise-hearted woman, biodeo tovu, spun the, those, the, that wool also with their hands. Vayoviu matven, they brought all of the spun yarn, the Tcheles and the argomen, etc. And yet we don't find that they should, they, we, they would have been doing this on the back of the sheep. So this is a question in Parshas Vayakel. Now the Rebbe moves on to a question on something that Rashi says in Parshas Pkudei. In Parshas Pkudei, Rashi tells us, Moshe Rabbeinu ordered B'Tzalel to first make the Kalim of the Mishkan, and then to make the Mishkan. B'Tzalel says back to Moshe, this is what Rashi says, it is common practice that usually you make the house first, and then you bring in the furnishings. So Moshe Rabbeinu says to Betzalel, you're right, that's actually the way Hashem said it, and that's what he ends up doing, making first the Mishkan and then the Kalim. Based on this, the Rebbe says, it's not understood something in Parshas Vayakel, back to Parshas Vayakel. 
since the way the Mishkan is being made according to this Rashi is according to the Minagaolam, to the way common practice in building a structure is. So the Minagaolam by building a house is first you build the walls and then you build the roof on top of that. And in fact, this is also the way it was by Hakamas HaMishkan. And we find in Pasha's Vayakil, yet we find in Pasha's Vayakil, that the Chach Melev, the craftsman, first made the Yeriyos. In other words, first they're putting together the tapestries, which is the roof, and only afterwards are they making the Krashim, the boards. And so too is the Seder of how they are, the, the order was given, how they were commanded in Pasha's Truma. So the question is why? Why? Is, are that these ureas being made before the roof? Be, sorry, before the walls. Says the Rebbe, the Baalei Atoisvas deal with this question and they answer that the ureas were made first before all the other Melechas HaMishkon so that it should be ready to put over the Mishkon as soon as the Kroshim are put up. There shouldn't be one moment without being covered. So as soon as the boards will be put up, the ureas are ready to go. But the Rebbe says, number one, we need to understand why is it so important that the Krushim cannot be standing for one moment without a covering? But in addition to this, in Pshutei Shal Mikra, we actually can't say that this is the issue. Because when reading the simple Psukim you see, the simple meaning of the Psukim we see, that first the Mishkan is brought to Moshe. And this, when is the Mishkan brought to Moshe? Before it's going to be set up. When is it being brought? It's after all the different parts and details of the Mishkan are made. So the Yeriyas were made, the boards, the Krushim were made, all the Kalim of the Mishkan were made, and only then it's brought to Moshe and then it's set up, as, it, as is understood. So the Rebbe says, therefore, it doesn't really make a difference practically which one was made first. Even if you would make the boards first, as is Minagailam, we just said the custom of the world was usually you make the walls first. So it's still not going to, going to stand as the Bali Atoisus are suggesting any time without a covering, because when are you going to set them up? You're anyways going to set them up after you have all the parts ready. So you may as well make the boards first, make the ureas, and then you'll set it up in that order. And again, the ureas will be ready because it was all made before it was brought to motion, before it was set up. Question says the Rebbe is that in both of these issues, both that of regarding Pasha's Vayakil, and this what Rashi says in Pasha's Pekudei, and now is a question from the story, the way it actually happens in Parshat Vayakil, we don't find that Rashi should deal with this and answer this in any way. Says the Rebbe, we're going to understand this by looking first at two diyukim in Rashi's words in Parshat Vayakil. First the Rebbe looks at the order of the particular Rashi that we mentioned before. Rashi is trying to explain what Tavu Esoizim means. What does it mean spinning the goats? So Rashi is explaining that it means that they spun the hair, they spun the wool, while it was still on the back of the goats. Seemingly, Rashi then should have started off with explaining that. And only afterwards he could add and say that this particular type of spinning the threads is a umnus yeseira, is a special craft, or something similar to that. Why is Rashi starting with the words, he hoisa umnus yeseira? He's first starting with saying this was special craftsmanship. And why would he even say that? How does it even make sense to say that before we even know what's happening? First, you need to explain that they were spinning it from the backs of the wool and from the backs uh, on the backs of the goats. And then you could say this is a special craft. 
So why is, so the Rebbe is questioning the order of what Rashi is saying over here. Number two says the Rebbe. Why is Rashi actually using this particular term, umnus yaseira, special craftsmanship? Why not, it was a special chachma, yaisa chachma yaseira. Why would that be better? Says the Rebbe, number one, that's the Lashon in the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, All of the women that were inspired with a special wisdom. Moreover, the Rebbe says, in the Gemara, that simply that is the source of where Rashi is coming from, the Gemara actually uses the words about spinning it off the backs of the goats, that it's a chachma yaseira, that it's an extra special wisdom, extra special skill. Chachma, why is Rashi using the word umnus, a craftsmanship or workmanship? Says the Rebbe, the explanation is like this. Since the Pasuk says separately, in a separate Pasuk, Tavu Esoizim, it's not included together with the free previous Pasuk, where it speaks about the other materials, where it says, V'chal Isha Chachma Slave, they're all wise-hearted women, Be'odeo Tavu, spun with their hands, V'yaviu Matven, they brought all the all the spun yarn, they brought the Tcheles and the Argomon. Since it does not say together with these things, as in fact it does say by the first time when it's being brought and also when they're being commanded for this Truma, especially that the Pasuk is actually now repeating it says, So the Pasuk seems to be repeating itself in saying, not only are the goats separate, but it's actually repeating these words. This itself is telling us it's, that it's obvious that the Tavu Esoizim, the way the goats, the hair of the goats are being spun, is in a very different way than that which said in the previous Pasuk. So what does Tavu Esoizim mean? Clearly it can't mean they're spinning the goats. So therefore it's very, very obvious that they're spinning the hair, the wool, as it is attached to the goats. And what's the reason for this? What would be the benefit of this? Says the Rebbe, even the Ben Chamesh can understand this. Since the fact that Yidin are bringing these donations, bringing it as a, to the, for the Mishkan, so this is a Trumas Hashem, this is a special Trumas, special donation, it's a special offering to Hashem. So we can understand that just like by Karbonis, there are different categories, different types of Karbonis. You have Karbonis that come in Min HaChai, from the animals. You also have things that are coming from the Tzoymeach, from plants. The Nebuchadnezzar says we find this already in Pasha's Bereshis. That Cain brings something from the plants and Hevel brings from the animals. And we can understand that a carbon of an animal is going to be more chashav, is going to be greater and more, more important than a carbon that's coming from the plants. Says the Rebbe, the same thing applies in our case as well. If the wool could be spun as it's still attached to the goats, which is alive, minachai, it's an animal and it's alive. So clearly it's going to be a more chashav, a more important, a greater type of donation then the spun yarn that's coming from this here, from the wool as it's cut off from the goats, the threads as they are attached to the balchai, to the animal, in this case the goats, they are still growing, they're still connected to the, to the idea of minachai, to the animal kingdom. In fact, they're still getting nourishment right now from the animal, as opposed to threads once they're cut off already from the animal. The Rebbe takes it a step further. Especially, says the Rebbe, if we're going to learn, as it would come out Bapashtos, simply that they actually brought these spun threads as to the Mishkan, to be used for the Mishkan, they brought it to the craftsmen, they actually brought it as it was still on the goats, they brought it with the goats. So then again, we understand even more 
the advantage of this, because even as it's being given as their donation, it's still in the gather, it's still in that category of being given, giving a living thing. Now, why is this only true with the goats and not with the sheep? With the trailers and our government and so on. Says that ever we can now understand why it's Tavuis or Izim, and we don't find this by the tapestries made of the Tchelis and Argomon, says the Rebbe, because the threads used by the wool from the sheep, they had to be brought once they were dyed already. In other words, it had to be brought as it was Tchelis. It was dyed with the blood of the Chilazon, which is blue, and it had to be, the, some of the threads had to be dyed purple, Argomon, now clearly, says the Rebbe, dying these threads wouldn't be possible as the threads of wool are still attached to the sheep. And therefore, says the Rebbe, we couldn't, they couldn't bring Tchelis and Argomon. They wouldn't be able to bring it right after they had spun it from the sheep. And certainly not. They can't bring it while it's still on the sheep, bring it along with the sheep. Says the Rebbe, therefore, they're not spinning it on the sheep because anyways, they're not going to be able to bring this donation to Hashem in the most, in this best way as it's still attached or at least very close to the time that it's been attached to the animal. So this says that Rebbe is still obvious from the Pasuk. When the Pasuk says, Tavu Esoizim, we know that it had to be done from the backs of the goats. Says the Rebbe, this that's obvious from the Pasuk, now Rashi is coming to add another detail. And Rashi is telling us, he What does Rashi mean with this? He And Rashi starts with this point. In other words, the fact that the woman, the fact that the women went ahead over here and spun the, the hair from the backs of the goats, is not only because it's not only because they have a special wisdom, a special knowledge, and also that they have the special um, understanding and knowing that this type of in other words, first of all, not only knowing they had not that not, not only they had the skill of being able to do it, not only do they know and understand that it's a more chashiv and proper way of donating for the Mishkan, Rashi is telling us there's something more to this than just that chachma. It's also that there's an umnus you say, in other words, the craftsmanship itself is going to be in an extraordinary in an extraordinary way, the material itself is going to come out in a better way. The actual spinning of the wool is going to come out better than if it would have been cut off already. Why is that? Because as the hair are still attached to the goat, they're still getting life from the goat. So automatically, there's also more of a softness, more of a moisture in it. And therefore, the softness of the thread now lends itself to be able to spin the threads in a much better way. And that's why Rashi is saying there's a umnus, in other words, a better workmanship over here in the actual material. So, just to summarize one of the very important points up until here in the Sikha, which is going to be very relevant to the next part of the Sikha, is that what we're saying, what Rashi is telling us, that there's one thing obvious from the Pasuk, there's one aspect, that yes, the women had a greater skill, and they were especially, they had a special chavivus, they wanted to do it quicker, and to bring it right away, and they had the special skill to do it, but it is another aspect that Rashi is adding, umnus yiseida, that the work is actually coming out in a better way as well. Says the Rebbe, now we're going to be able to understand, regarding our other question, of why it is that the Yeriyos are made before the Krashim. Even though we said before, that Minagailam, the custom of the world, is you usually make the walls first. And the Rebbe is going to connect it to both ideas that we said before, 
Again, first of all, the fact that the women are trying to do it in a special way of chavivos, that they love the mitzvah and they want to do it quickly, as well as the craftsmanship in it. Says the Rebbe like this, because of the chavivos and the zurizos that the women have, so they made, they, 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 they spun the wool, as we said, while it's on the backs of the goats. So they bring, and as we said before, they brought the, the thread while it's still on the backs of the goats. If that's the case, the craftsmen who are now going to deal with it cannot delay in shearing the wool and cutting off this, this the, the hair off the backs of the goats and wait now to make the ureus until the adonim, the sockets and the crushem and the boards are going to be made. Because what's going to happen if they don't cut it off right away? The hair is going to continue growing on the goat and now the new hair that's growing is not being spun together properly with the other hairs. A further point says that about there's actually an union of Tsar Balichaim over here as well. The goat is not feeling as free, as loose as it was before, when now all of its hair is spun together. So therefore, number one, we need to release it, so to speak, from this spun wool. And the first thing is we need to cut it off from the backs of the goats. So this is all point number one. Two details within this itself, two advantages in cutting it right away. But now we take it a step further. We said it's also a special craftsmanship that's going to come out better because it was done on the backs of the goats. Says the Rebbe, since we said that there's a umnus, you say to Rashi, says it's a special craftsmanship, is going to be spun better because of the softness, the moisture in those threads. So now it's also understood that when they're going to go ahead and weave those tapestries from the goats here. So clearly if they're going to weave it very closely to the time when it was attached to the goats, it's obviously also going to be done in a much better way. The craftsmanship is going to be, again, much better with that softer, more moist threads. And therefore immediately after cutting it off the backs of the goats, immediately they go ahead and make those yireis, again, not being able to wait until the boards will be made. Zereben now goes on, goes to another aspect in the area of halacha that we take out from this Rashi. The Rebbe says from the amazing ideas in halacha that we could take from this Rashi. The Rebbe says there's a, no, there's a known question. Since Ein Boinen is Hamikdash Belayla, we cannot build a base Hamikdash at night. And so too is true regarding the Mishkan, which is also called a Mikdash. What then comes out is that the Beis Hamikdash, Binyan Hamikdash, is a mitzvah sasei, shazman grama, that's related to time, time-based. We know that women are exempt from mitzvah sasei, shazman grama. So the question becomes, how could the women spin the wool for the Mishkan? This question says the Rebbe specifically, according to Rabbi Tam, that holds that a woman cannot actually prepare and do the hechsher, the preparation for the mitzvah, uh, if it's a mitzvah that she's not commanded for. So the example that's brought over here is, this is why, since she's not chayiv in the mitzvah of lulav, she can't tie the lulav together with the other types. She cannot make the tzitzis again because she's not commanded for tzitzis. So how is it over here that they could spin the wool? So we have a ragachavah. The ragachavah explains that in Binyan Mikdash there are two details. There's the actual building of the Mikdash, which is a mitzvah sasei. That's the building of the Beis HaMikdash. But then there's the idea that there needs to be a Mikdash 
In other words, we need to have a Mikdash built in order to be able to bring Karbonis. So these are technically two things. There's a mitzvah to build, and there's a fact that we need to have the Mikdash there to be able to bring Karbonis. Says the Rebbe, bringing from the Ragachavi, here's where the difference lies of whether women are going to be Chayev or Potter in building the Besam Mikdash and the Mishkan. As far as building the Mishkan or the Mikdash, it's a mitzvah sasei shazman gromo, and women are going to be exempt. But as far as the second obligation, the second idea, that we need to have a Mikdash in order to bring Karbonis, for this women are going to be obligated as well, because they also have an obligation to bring Karbonis, so clearly they need to bring Karbonis somewhere. So that aspect of the Mikdash they're going to be obligated in. What does this lead us to say? That those parts and details of the Mikdash, which are absolutely crucial for bringing Karbonis, women are going to be obligated in, in building and m- making that part of the Mikdash. Where is the parts of the Mikdash, or the Kalim of the Mikdash, which are not necessary for the bringing of Karbonis, and the only reason they're being made is because of the Mitzvah Sasei, which is a Mitzvah Sasei Shazman Grom of building the Mesa Mikdash, so women of those mitzvahs, women are going to be, women are going to be potter, and therefore also, again, according to this opinion of Rabbeinu Tam, they'll be usher, they wouldn't be allowed to do it. Let's apply this now to the Uriyos. Do the women need to make the Uriyos or not? So regarding the Uriyos, the Gemara says, brings the Pasek. The Pasek says, Vayifrois esa oil ala mishkan, again in our parsha, that Moshe spreads the oil, the tent, over the mishkan. What is the oil referring to? According to the Gemara, this is referring to the lowest level of the Uriyos, the Uriyos that are right on top of the Mishkan, the lowest layer. These are the Uriyos made of the linen and the wools, etc. And the different colors of wool, Tcheles, Vargamon, Selah, Shani. In other words, as soon as that lowest layer of Uriyos are on, the Mishkan is now called the Oyel, which is what it needs to be, and therefore you can bring Karbonis there. Based on this, the higher layers of the Uriyos, Yeriyos ism, the Yeriyos of goatskin, is the next layer up. They are not going to be absolutely crucial to be there in order to bring Makrev Karbonis. The Mishkan would be kosher then if the lower layer is on. And for whatever reason, the wind, let's say, blew off, folded up some of the upper layers. The Mishkan is still kosher. You can bring Karbonis there. Says the Rebbe, now we can also have a look at the wording of the Psukim in regards to how the women were involved in making those those ureas, spinning the wool for these ureas. We see the differences in the wording of the Pasuk. In regarding to the lowest la- layer of ureas, the Pasuk says, Every woman that, uh, that was wise, wise-hearted, spun with her hands, and they brought that which they had spun, etc., for these Uriyos, because they are needed for the kashras of the Mishkan in order to be able to bring the Karbonis, so it's no, absolutely no problem that the women could do the Malacha of spinning these Uriyos. They could participate properly in the Malacha of the Mishkan. This is as far as the lowest layer of Uriyos. But when it comes now to the next layer up, the Uriyos is in, the Uriyos are made of the goat skin, the goat's hair, which in these years, as we said before, they're not crucial for the Karbonis, according to what we said, based on the Gemara. So women would then be exempt. They would be potter for making them, and therefore, again, according to one opinion, at least, they would actually be usher to make them. It says the Rebbe, this is why, this is based on the Ragachavar again, the Ragachavar says, this is why it says, Tavu Esha they didn't do it in the normal way. They didn't do it in the regular way of spinning wool. 
their tvio was in a way of chachma yisera v'loy melacha. This was actually not a normal way of doing work. The work could technically be done even without this. You just make regular wool. This is called a chachma and not a melacha. As the Gemara says in Shabbos, we'll soon get to that Gemara as well. And therefore, says the Ragachover, that's why there was this special chachma that needed to be done. In order for the woman to be able to be allowed, for them to be able to do it, it had to be done with this special chachma, not just as an ordinary malach and a regular way of making it. For that, they wouldn't actually be allowed to do. But again, this is all based on the Gemara that says that it's the lowest layer that's called the oil, and therefore that's the only one that really the woman would be for sure obligated and part of making. But now let's look at Rashi. What did we say Rashi says? Rashi was medayik. Rashi specifically uses the word umnus yisera. Rashi doesn't say chachma yisera. Says the Rebbe because Rashi in his pirush ala goes according to his style which is derech apshat. In other words, Rashi is going to, our Rashi of umnus yisera is going to fit with something else that Rashi says. His shita and the way he says it regarding something else which is the derech apshat going back to that posik of ayifrei sesa oil. When we said that Vayifri says oil ala Mishkan, and Moshe spreads the oil, the tapestries over the Mishkan, the Gemara we said before says it refers to the lowest level of Yiriyos. But Rashi actually says, Hein Yiriyos Ha'izim. It actually refers to these Yiriyos of the goatskin. And as the simple reading of the Pasuk and Truma, it says, Vasisa Yiriyos Izim lo oil ala Mishkan. So according to Pshutish Mikra and Rashi, it is that layer that's called the oil. According to this then will come out, that Rashi and Mshut Mikra are saying that the Yiriyos Izim have that gather of making the Mishkan into an oil, and therefore these Yiriyos are also absolutely crucial for being able to have the Mishkan fully set up, being called an oil. Now this is crucially needed for bringing the Karbonis and the Mishkan. And so now we can understand how the women are taking part in these Yiriyos. So when it comes to the Yiriyosism, it's not a problem anymore, according to Rashi, that the women could be doing it. Because this is also part of what's making the Mishkan into an oil. Because as we said, th- those Yiriyos are called oil. And therefore, what does Rashi tell us in our Rashi? He doesn't use the word Chachma. He changes the words. He says, He umnus yisera. What did we say umnus yisera means? That it wasn't only a Chachma. It wasn't only about the women's, the, these women's skill to be able to do it or their understanding, but is actually a malacha over here. In other words, there's a difference in the craftsmanship of the object itself is now going to be made in a very, very different way. In other words, so it is a malacha that's really making the actual threads in a very, very different way. And therefore, Rashi is using this, but again, because Rashi said is learning, because Rashi is learning that in order for the women to be able to do it, it doesn't have to be an extra chachma to do it. It's about... And, and not a mulacha, as we, according to the Ragachavah based on the Gemara, again, the Ragachavah from the Gemara is saying that the only way the women were doing it, were able to do it is only because of Chachma and not a mulacha. But according to Rashi, there's no problem, it could be a mulacha. Why? Because according to Rashi, these Yiriyas are also crucial for the Mishkan, and therefore the women could do the mulacha in creating these Yiriyas. Says the Rebbe, based on this, Okay, before learning the next piece of the Sikha, let's just have a quick look at two opinions in the Gemara and how some of Farshim, what some of Farshim say, what Rashi's opinion would be, and the Rebbe is going to explain that that's not necessarily the case. So just briefly what the Gemara says. The Gemara is actually discussing the halachas of Shabbos. 
And the question becomes, the Rebbe doesn't quote all of this right here, I'm just saying it to understand this part of the Sikha. So the Gemara is actually, obviously, spinning wool is a malacha, and you're not allowed to do that in Shabbos. What one do with spin wool on Shabbos would be chayiv. The question is, what about spinning the wool on the back of the animal while it's still attached to the animal, as in our case with a woman? So we have a machloikas in the Gemara. One, one opinion says that if someone would do that, it would be chayiv. That is considered the malacha of spinning. The other opinion says, no, this is not considered a malacha. This is called chachma yaseda. This is just called an extra type of chachma, an extra skill, but this is not actually a malacha. Now the question, of course, is, what is what would Rashi's opinion be regarding this? So there's some of Farsham that say that... Um, Sorry, and therefore, going back to the Gemara, so they would say because it's a skill, it's not a malacha, that's not the derech of tviya, that's not the way of spinning, and therefore, the person wouldn't be chayiv. So now let's see, says the Rebbe, according to this, we don't have to say, as some of Farshim say, that Rashi would have to agree with the opinion that someone that spins the wool on the animal would be potter, because this is not the way of spinning. And the fact that they did it in the Mishkan, was because it was a chachma yaseira is different, and that's why it's an exception to the rule. And that's a chachma, that's not a malacha. So some of Farshim want to see, say based on this Rashi, that Rashi would agree with the same thing. But the Rebbe is saying, no, the way we just explained umnus yaseira, that's not only about a chachma, it is actually work. It is actually a special craftsmanship. And therefore Rashi's opi- Rashi could also fit with the opinion that's saying that, yes, the person would be chayav, that it, because it is considered a malacha, not only a chachma. In fact, says the Rebbe, on the contrary, it may even better, be better to say that it's a malacha. Since we say that all malachas generally are learned from the Mishkan, so the Rebbe says, Yeshloimah, that according to Rashi, that we just said it's a umnus, it's actually a work, it's actually a craftsmanship, this itself will be the opinion, a source for the opinion that says that it is a malacha. That is, because spinning it on the animal was one of the things that they did in the Mishkan, that itself proves to us that it is a type of malacha. It is a type of craftsmanship and a malacha, because that's what we learn that all the malacha is from. And that is why one is chayiv a karmachatos. The Rebbe concludes the sicha, shol the wine of Torah, the inner part of Torah that we see in Rashi, and hoira that we learn in Avoidus Hashem. And the Rebbe says, first of all, seemingly it's not understood. Why is the Torah even telling us this idea of a chola nashim, that all of these women that had the special wisdom, that they, they spun the goats in this particular way. Seemingly, it's a story of the past. The Uriah season were only relevant in the Mishkan, not even in the Beis HaMikdash, not relevant to the Beis HaMikdash of the future, especially to the Beis HaMikdash that's going to be with Mashiach, is already built up in heaven, going to come down, revealed, coming down from heaven. So why is it relevant exactly how they spun this wool? So to regarding the other aspect of making the Uriahs before making the Krushim, different and opposite of the regular custom of the world. How is this relevant to future generations? Says the Rebbe, because really this teaches us two very, very major heroes in the avoid of the Mishkan and Mikdash that every single Yid needs to make in the world in all times and all places. As we know regarding Vasuli Mikdash, Vishachanti Besoichet, Razal say, Hashem is dwelling not only in it, in the Mishkan, but also Besoichem in each and every Yid. Says the Rebbe, two heroes. Number one, the first Torah from the fact that the women that had this special Chachma went ahead. And when the Abish, what did they do? They, when the Abish gives them, when Hashem gives them a special skill, a special talent, what do they do with it? They go ahead and they spin the wool in this particular way. A Yid needs to know 
that when the Abishta gives him a special skill, a special talent, he needs to know that it's not just for himself. He needs to utilize it in his avoida to make the world a mishkan and a dira lo yizborech. Just like these women in the time of the building of the mishkan. Because they had this special talent that other people didn't have. So they understood that why did Hashem give them this talent? It's clearly that it needs to be used to build a mishkan where Hashem is going to dwell. And therefore, even though they weren't commanded to make this, to spin the wool in this particular way, with a special craftsmanship, yet the Torah comes along and tells us that they themselves were inspired to do this umnus yisayda for the Mishkan Hashem. And with this, the Torah is giving us this lesson for all generations. That when we have a skill, we need to use it for avoidance Hashem. And just like it's regarding specific skills and talents and similar sorts of things, that a Yid needs to utilize it for his avoidance to make the world a place for Hashem, so too it's true in all other matters and all other things that Hashem gives to a Yid. For example, when Hashem gives someone certain earnings, profits, that are more than the usual, he needs to know that this is for, that he should be able to add right now, and he should add in his giving of tzedakah, truma to Hashem. The Rebbe relates that there was a story of the chassid of the Alter Rebbe, that when he would have a good week in Parnassa, he was absolutely certain that when he would come home, he would find either a letter, from the Alter Rebbe for some sort of tzedakah, or a mishulach from the Alter Rebbe that would be collecting money for the Yidin in Eretz Yisrael, because he understood, if I have extra money, it's certainly to be able to do tzedakah with it. A second oiroh says the Rebbe, to what extent we need to be careful in not causing tsar pain to another Yid. Says the Rebbe, if for tsar bali chayim, which we said before, there was this, the hair was right away removed after it was spun, and it wasn't even mamish tsar. It was just a bit uncomfortable or something like that. And yet, we changed the minigoylem. We changed the regular style of the world. And as we said before, Hashem says, let's make the yiriyos before the boards. Just so there shouldn't be that tsar balichayim. We said that was one of the reasons. How much more so? When we're speaking about the tsar of a person, especially a yid that atom kriyim, adam yidin are called adam. Especially when we see a yid that's in a situation of in a state of being oroim, of being, so to speak, naked, naked of mitzvahs. As it says in Tanah Devei Rabbo, Ein l'cha orum b'Yisrael, who is considered naked, someone that doesn't have Torah and mitzvahs. So one might think, yes, it's true that I have a mitzvah of a chisi, so if I see someone naked, I need to cover him, I need to give him clothes. In this case, naked of mitzvahs, so I need to give him tzitzes and tefillin. But still, there's a seder, there's a minhagi sholem, there's the order of the world. First, I need to go daven myself, and from Beis HaKnesses, I need to go Beis HaMedish to learn Torah. Then I need to go eat at Pashachris, I need to go eat breakfast. Then Hanigba and Minigderech Eretz, I need to go make sure I have a livelihood. And after all of that, then I could start being concerned. V'chisisoy, taking care of this other Yid. Says the Torah that when we're dealing with making sure another Yid doesn't have pain. And there's no greater pain than a Yid that's orim in a mitzvah, naked of mitzvahs. Especially when we see that the person is not even aware that he's naked. So then we go away from the normal Seder of the world, the Minog Oilam. And even if this is a Minog of the Oilam, not Oilam, Loshan, Helam, Vehester, it's not a Minog of the world, world the world Oilam means Helam, Vehester, Concealment. In other words, it's not only a Minog of the world out there is doing, but it's even something that the Abishta himself says that that's the way usually we do things in the house of Hashem, that we're going to act usually according to Minog Yet, if it's going to be on the account of a Tsar of another Yid, 
We're not going to act according to Minagoylam. And the first thing we need to do is to ensure that Vichisisa, we're going to cover him, we're going to get him his mitzvahs. And only then, as the Pasuk says, after seeing the naked person, you should cover him. The Pasuk says, you also shouldn't hide from your own flesh. In other words, only after you take care of the other Yid, then you can be concerned with yourself as well. And so too says the Rebbe, and even before this in regards to Limudat Torah, as that same Pasuk of Kisira Orim says earlier on, that you need to share your, to a hungry person, you need to share your, your bread with. And what is hunger? Hunger is someone from Divrei Torah, and bread is Divrei Torah. So again, you're going to do that before before worrying about yourself. And then will also be Zoycha, that will be fulfilled by himself, to the lawyer of Lalechem, not to be hungry for bread, and some Elamayim thirsty for water. Rather, to hear the words of Hashem of Mashiach, through Mashiach Tzedkeinu, in the Beis Amikdash Hanitzchi, the eternal Beis Amikdash, which is going to be built through the fact that during the time of Golos, everyone utilizes their kashroinis, their talents, their skills that Hashem has given them to make the world for a mishkan, a mikdash, lo yizbarich.